out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. I'm your humble host, David Vignola. This is season three, episode seven. Episode seven. This week, we're going to talk about the five top mistakes that I see beginners make when using compression. That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. So make sure you like, share, subscribe. Give me the old five-star review or the thumbs up if you're watching this on YouTube. And stick around to the end of the episode because I'm going to give you a couple of free gifts. So make sure you stick around so I can help you with your compression mistakes. Now sit back, relax, get yourself a cool drink. And let's talk about these five mistakes to make sure you're not making these mistakes right here on the Home Recording MadeEasy.com podcast. Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. As I said, I am your humble host, David Vignola. Thank you so very much for joining me today. This is season three, episode seven, and we're going to talk about these five mistakes I see with compression with beginners in particular. But before we get started, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure, again, you like, share, subscribe, and give me the old five-star review. It really does help. Also, make sure that you send me your so your show topic ideas. What do you want me to talk about on future podcast episodes? I'd like to hear from you. Either leave a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or send me an email at info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And also, every third episode, if you don't know, I answer your questions as a dedicated podcast episode. So every third episode, it's all about you. It's all about subscriber and listener Q&A. So if you have a question you want me to highlight on this podcast moving forward, make sure you send me an email with your question. Again, at info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. So let's talk about compression here. So let's talk about the five mistakes that I see and listen and hear with every single beginner and I made all these mistakes too. And maybe you've made some of these mistakes or maybe you still do make some of these mistakes. But I have no fear because I have some training that's going to help you. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. So mistake number one that beginners make when they're using compression in their mixes is they do not level match their plugin. And what does that mean? So we have a track, let's say a vocal track. We put a compressor on that vocal track. We twiddle the knobs and we fiddle with it. And we get it sounding just right. Or at least we think we do. And then we turn the compressor on and off. And when we turn the compressor on, it's louder than what it was when it was turned off. You know, our brains and our ears think that louder is better. It's kind of this thing that happens with humans. that when we hear something louder, we automatically attribute that to sounding better. And that is not a good thing. So we want to level match that plugin. And we want to do this with any kind of processing, but especially compression. So what does that mean? So when you turn the compressor on, turn the compressor off, the perceived volume coming out of the speakers ought to be the same. One should not be louder or quieter than the other. And the way we do that is we use either the output knob or the makeup gain knob or whatever plugin that you're using, whatever control that they designate to change the output level. You want to make sure you either turn that up or down depending on what you need to do when you bypass and then also enable that plugin. That is going to give us a better representation of what's really going on. It's going to allow us to focus our ears on what the compressor is really doing in those subtle ways, which we'll talk about in a bit. 
but it's not going to trick us into thinking louder is better. So make sure you level match your plugin. That is the single biggest mistake I see a lot of beginners make. Not only is it this whole thing about your brain and your ears thinking that louder is better, but it also screws up your gain staging an awful lot, which we'll talk about in other episodes. But you want to make sure that if you're putting a lot of com any compressor, any processing on a track, you want to level match that plugin. That is mistake number one. Mistake number two that I see all the time, and this is always happens with beginners. And again, it happened to me too. So don't feel bad if this happens to you, but they use too much compression. You may say, well, what do you mean by too much compression? Well, compression is one of the most difficult things for a beginner to really wrap their head around, or in this case, wrap their ears around, because to hear compression in a subtle way is very challenging if you never listened for it before, or if you don't know what to listen for. And so the way you really hear it is by really over compressing and overdoing it. And then it becomes much more obvious from an audible point of view. And when you over compress every single track in your session, it ends up ruining the sound of your track more than it helps it. Now that doesn't mean there's not a time, a time and place to over compress. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but in general terms, compression is usually done in a much more subtle way. The problem with beginners is they can't hear those subtleties. So they end up over compressing. And again, well, how do you hear your compression, Dave? How do I hear that so I don't make that mistake? Well, we're gonna talk about that in a bit. I want you to make sure you get the right training. And I have a training course to help you with that. I may as well just tell you right now, the training course is compression made easy. If you've been mis mixing for anything less than a couple of years, or if you've been mixing for even longer than that, but you struggle with compression, compression maybe easy is for you. I'm going to teach you in that course how to hear compression, what to listen for, the different types of compressors, so on and so forth. And you won't make this really big mistake when you over compress. Stick around to the end of the episode. You'll learn how to get that course, okay? At a big discount. So too much compression is mistake number two that I see every single beginner make. And it's happened to all of us, but we're gonna fix that by the end of this episode. The third mistake that I see a lot um, is that we'll have a very dynamic track, let's say a vocal, we have very quiet parts and super loud parts and everything in between. And we're trying to use one compressor plugin to tame that entire performance. And that can be very difficult to do. And what does that lead to more times than not? Rewind about 20 seconds, too much compression. So instead of dropping a dropping a compressor on a track that is overly dynamic, and this happens a lot with vocals, it happens a lot with horn sections, it happens a lot even with staccato, very aggressive playing piano. This can happen where you have notes that just jump out or you have phrases that jump out, but the rest of the performance is a little bit more subdued. Using one compressor isn't always the best solution. What I recommend you do is that you take the compressor off, look at the actual audio waveform on your screen. And if you have sections that are super loud compared to others, you can go in there with your blade tool or your razor tool or your knife tool, depending on what your DAW calls it. And you can chop out that section that is offending that's maybe way super too dynamic. And you can use clip gain to turn it down just a little bit to level out the performance with clip gain before you use a compressor plugin. Now what you're doing with that clip gain is you're actually doing what a compressor would do, but you're giving the compressor plugin a little less work to do to make it a little bit easier to tame the overall performance. So you're not setting up the compressor just to deal with one or two small problem areas then because for the rest of the track, the compressor may not be set up correctly, but you're giving that performance a little bit of uh, fixing before it hits the compressor. 
Okay. Now, another way you can do this, a lot of people will say, well, just use more than one compressor, stack compressors, stack plug-in compressors, or use them in series. You can do that as well. But what I find for a, a beginner that leads to more confusion because they're already having difficulty hearing the compression to begin with, or maybe not, they're not sure on how to set up the compressor plug-in because they're not an expert at using compression yet. And we're going to fix that by the end of the episode, right? So by using multiple compressors, that sometimes can make it even a bigger mess. But once you know what you're doing, there's a lot of benefits to doing that. We'll talk about that in future episodes. But for now, if you're a beginner and you have a, a wildly dynamic track, instead of just dropping a compressor on it and trying to fix all the problems with one tool, go in there with some clip gain and try to level out the performance a little more and then add the compressor, you may get much better results. So that's another mistake that I hear from time to time. Tip number four, or not even tip, mistake number four that I see a lot with beginners is when they use their compressors, they're using presets, thinking that presets is going to help them solve their problem. And 99% of the time, presets don't really work well when we talk about compression because the way those presets were developed was on a very specific source. So it gives you kind of a guideline, kind of a starting point, but depending on how the source was recorded, what kind of microphone, what environment was it in, it is totally dependent on the way that track was recorded. And so using a preset more times than not doesn't work. And more times than not from what I've seen, when you talk about compression presets, it ends up over compressing. We can we keep going back to that too much compression? because they have to make it so dramatic. So no matter what source you put it on, there's some compression happening. So don't use, compre don't use compression presets as a crutch. Learn how to use the compressor. It's not as difficult as you think. It actually is quite easy once you get the hang of it. It's quite simple and I'm gonna teach you how to do it. But using presets is a mistake I see a lot. I see it a lot. They use a preset and they go, I don't like the way it sounds and I don't know what to adjust. Exactly. The only kind of processing where I think presets can help more than not and that I use quite a bit with very minimal amounts of tweaking is typically reverbs and delays. Presets usually done, if it's done well by a good plug-in manufacturer, those are very usable. But when we talk about compression and even EQ, not so much. So let's learn how to use a compressor and not, and not use presets. And then the fifth mistake that I see a lot is they have too many compressor plugins and they don't know which ones to choose. And they spend more time trying to choose the different plugin and they really never learn how to use that plugin effectively. They don't become a master of the tool. They just have too many tools. That makes sense, right? Are you one of those people? I know I was one of those people at one time where we have 200 plugins. We got 50 compressors by four different or five different plugin manufacturers. And worse than that, we may have four or five versions of the same type of compressor. Like an LA-2A, we have four different LA-2As from four different manufacturers. We don't need all of that, we need one. <laughs> so my tip to you, don't make that mistake. You wanna have three or four at most, go to compressor plugins that you use. And I want you to use those plugins on every single mix for the next six months. I want you to learn how to use each one of those plugin tools. Learn what all the knobs do. Learn what it sounds good on and what it doesn't sound good on. So for example, one of the three or four plugins that you should probably have is the type of compressor. Do you want a FET style compressor, an 1176 style? 
And I want you to use that on a kick drum, on a snare drum, on overheads, on bass, on electric guitar, acoustic guitar, vocals, female, male, horns. You get the idea. Once you learn how to use that 1176 and you learn what it sounds good on and doesn't sound good on, you'll put that in your memory banks for future mixes. You may say, oh, I love that 1176 on a snare drum, but on a bass guitar, not so much, right? So what three or four types of compressors should you have in your arsenal? Pick an 1176 or a FET style compressor. Pick an optical compressor or something like an LA-2A style. That's two. Pick a VCA compressor, something like a Distressor or an SSL compressor. And then pick yourself maybe a Fairchild or a Manly Mew, a Very Mew compressor. There's more, but those are the four styles that you need. Those four styles of the compressor can work on almost every mix, on every track. They work, they're staples, they've been used for decades. But they all react a little differently. The way you use those different types of compressors are different. Some of them will have more or less controls on them. And we're going to teach all that, as I said, when we, when we get to the compression made easy part of this podcast, we're going to, I'm going to show you how you can do that. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to learn how to do all of that, right? So four different tools. It doesn't matter what the plugin manufacturer is. Whatever you have is just fine. Don't go out and buy anything else, right? Or one of those tools can even be your stock compressor, Okay. So stock compressor and then two or three others have four tools. That's it. The whole point of this is I want you to just have three or four plugins that you use. I don't want you to open up your browser and see 50 plugins there that you have to choose from because you'll never become a master at any one of those plugins. You'll never know really what you're doing. And then your mixes won't sound consistent and you'll get more confused than anything else. Okay, so having too many plugins and too many choices is another mistake. And I'm going to give you a bonus one here too. That This will be number six. So the sixth mistake that I think a lot of beginners make is they think just because they have all these compressor plugins that they need to use them on every single track in their mix. They were on YouTube and they watched some famous engineer put a compressor on every single track. So they think they need to put it on every single track. And then worse than that, they saw one of their famous engineer friends or idols, you know, smash the compressors and all the needles are hitting the red and they think they need to do that too. And again, that's about too much compression. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but just because you have compressors doesn't mean they need to be on every track. Sometimes I don't compress hardly anything in a mix. Sometimes I compress everything in a mix. It's totally dependent on the track whether you use compression or not. So here's what I want you to do going forward. And this again is for every single processor. It doesn't matter whether it's compression, EQ, saturation, but we're talking about compression. You should be asking yourself every single time you go to use a compressor plugin, I'm gonna put a compressor on this snare track, for example, because dot, dot, dot. And the dot, dot, dot is the answer to that question that you should be saying to yourself. So what I'm trying to say is I want you to compress with a purpose. I want you to answer the question before you put the plug in on the track. Why am I compressing that snare in this example? If you don't know the answer to that question, don't put the compressor on the snare. Because you will be better off more times than not, not using compression at all than using too much compression as we talked about earlier. 
But more importantly, I want you to understand the reasons why. Because if you don't understand the reasons why, you'll never get good at using compression and you'll never get good at mixing in general, okay? You wanna do it with a purpose. So what should that sound like? Well, if we're talking about that snare, I'm putting the compressor on the snare because during the performance, every fourth or fifth snare hit, I hear that he gets really aggressive and there's a snare hit that jumps out of the mix too much. Most of it's good, but there are periodic times where the snare is just too much in your face. And I'm looking at the audio waveform and I can even see where those hits are really much louder than the other ones. So I want to get a compressor on there so I can control that so it's not so those particular hits don't jump out at me too much. That would be a reason. And then you say, okay, now that we know why we're going to do it, how we do it is a whole different discussion, but knowing why before you put the compressor on there, right? Or another example could be, I'm going to put a compressor on this lead vocal because there are certain phrases at the at the end of certain phrases at the end of the verses on this particular lead vocal i have a hard time hearing the vocalist in all the lyrics they get to the end of the phrase and i lose the last couple of words there it's a little too quiet a little bit too subdued i can't hear all the lyrics a compressor is going to help bring up some of those low parts that are a little bit more clearly heard again how you do that we'll talk about that in another episode and you could talk about that with some training but at least now you know why, or you think you know why. Just blindly putting a compressor on every single track because you think you're supposed to is not the way you want to think about using compression. Compression is a tool that when used properly and understood how to use properly or effectively can really shape and change and really give energy and a lot of punch and vibe to a mix. When not knowing how to use compression and not knowing what you're doing, using compression can ruin a mix, okay? And that fine line, sometimes it's kind of blurred. It's a fine line between those two things that I just said, and it's all about training. So again, let's talk about training. So those are the six tips or the six mistakes that I see all the time. And my tip to you is don't make those mistakes. <laughs> and if you're making those mistakes, well, you may be saying to yourself, you know, Dave, I've made a couple of those mistakes in the past. I still make those mistakes from time to time, at least some of them. I want to learn about compression. How do I get better at compression? Hey, that's a great question. So as I said, I have an entire course for beginners and intermediates called Compression Made Easy. Not only do I teach you about the different styles of compressors, when we talked about FET style, optical, VCA, Verimu, what those mean, how they work, where those styles of compressors will work on what types of sources. But most importantly, in all of that course, yes, I teach you how to use a compressor and we spend a lot of time with your stock plug-in compressor, by the way but I teach you how to hear compression, what to listen for. That is the biggest stumbling block for beginners and intermediates. How to hear that compression for the first time. It is what I call the aha moment, meaning that when you first hear it and I get your ear tuned to it and we spend a lot of time in compression made easy, turning things on, turning things off, and I point out very specific things to listen for. When you first hear it and your ears are tuned into it, you go, aha, now I get it. And once you first hear it and you know how to listen for it, it changes the way you'll mix. It'll change the way you use compressors. And then we can get really creative with compressors and we can do more with compressors than just learning how to compress audio 
and I'm putting that in quotes if you're here watching on YouTube. Compression is so much more than that. Compressor plugins are so much more than that, but you have to start with the basic foundation before we can move to those more advanced things. So compression made easy is something you really wanna check out. So how do you get compression made easy? Well, let's talk about that. So first, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, as I said at the beginning, I wanna give you guys a gift, I wanna help you. So first and foremost, I want you to go out to homerecordingmadeeasy.com because I wanna give you a free mixing course. It's right on the homepage, you can't miss it. Go out to homerecordingmadeeasy.com today and get yourself that free mixing course. And when you take that free mixing course, you're going to say to yourself, you know what? I really love Uncle Dave and I love his style of teaching and I want to get another one of his training courses, hint, hint, compression made easy or any other course on my website. I want to help you by giving you a discount coupon code. That discount coupon code is podcast30. You put that in at checkout, it'll take 30% off any training course on the website. That's how you get a hold of Compression Made Easy at a heavily discounted price. And last but not least, if you really enjoy the craft of mixing and you really want to learn about the craft of mixing in a very non-technical way, where every month I give you a, a full training course with a set of multi-track files and you get to work with and join with a community of other like-minded individuals that are all trying to get better at the craft of mixing and you get some one-on-one -on -one time with good old Uncle Dave here, check out what I have going on at mixingmadeeasy.net. That is my mixing training website. It's the best money you'll ever spend. Not only will you get better at compression, but you will get better overall as a mixer. So if you're into mixing, check out mixingmadeeasy.net. Again, all the links will be in the description box below or the show notes below. So I wanna thank you so very much for listening to me this week. Make sure again, you like, share, and subscribe and share this podcast with others. Sending your questions to the website so I could feature you in an upcoming episode and any other uh, show ideas you have I really want to hear from you, so let me know. So until the next episode, I've been Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com and MixingMadeEasy.net, and I'll talk to you guys later in the next podcast. Take care, everybody.